Well, I'm very happy to report that our dog, Bingo, has gotten a job. It's been a while since you got an update on him, so uh, I'll tell you, he did not, it didn't work out the way I thought. He did not become a Hollywood star like I was hoping, where he would send home fat checks to pay for his dog food. Nor has he become a faithful servant, a hardworking member of the United States Beagle Brigade, which is a real thing. Real thing. You can Google it up. They heroically patrol the nation's airports to protect our food supply from the truly bizarre food stuff that people try to sneak into this country. Uh, if you Google Beagle Brigade Atlanta October, you'll find a, a great story and picture about a dog that looks exactly like my dog with the look on his face. No, Bingo has become our family pre-rinse cycle. He has decided that it is his job to make sure the dishes are thoroughly scrubbed before the dishwasher runs. Now, our dishwasher, it makes a very distinctive sound when the door opens, and so he has learned that this sound results in a very tasty snack most of the time. And so he loves this sound. He knows that this sound is good news. And so no matter how comatose he might appear to be, and lately as he's gone into like winter mode, he looks comatose all the time. As soon as he hears that dishwasher open, he just pops up and all of a sudden he's like, oh, good news, good news. But he doesn't just sit around, right? He doesn't sit around and wag his tail in his chair like, oh, that's good news. No, he actually does something about it. He comes to the kitchen and running to check things out because he knows that sometimes this sound is actually accompanied by a very disappointing dishwasher that is full of clean dishes that need to be put away, and there's just <laughs> nothing good to be had there. So he responds to what he hears in order to see whether it is really good news. So then he sniffs around, and if it is in fact good news, then he gets to work because he knows he's got a job. He gets to work, he starts cleaning things up, and then when he gets really excited, as you can see, right, you see the flow, right? Good news, respond, check it out. And then he gets really excited, he climbs up in the dishwasher, <laughs> which I'm sure will drastically shorten the life of the door. <laughs> but he just gets so excited, he is full of doggy joy. And I will promise you that the dishwasher does, in fact, all, disinfect all the, all the bingo germs. So if you ever come over for dinner, I mean, I do understand if you want a paper plate from this point, and I will respect that, but, but it is clean. But there is actually a pattern in all of this in bingo's job performance that we actually see repeated throughout the Christmas story, as weird as it might sound. Because bingo, here's good news. He responds by running to check it out. And then he is filled with doggy joy. Hear, respond, rejoice. Oddly enough, we see this pattern over and over again in the Christmas story. And in fact, we are invited to join into that pattern today. As we observe the third Sunday in Advent, we consider once more that tremendous joy that was experienced by nearly everyone. I have to put that asterisk, Herod and his friends not happy, but nearly everyone was filled with joy for their part in that drama of the first Christmas. They saw firsthand the miraculous work of God in the world, the work that he continues to do today and remains a source of joy for us. 
regardless of whatever else is going on, good or bad, in our lives. We turn today to the familiar words of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Out in a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were working the night shift to guard their sheep from thieves and predators. When suddenly they encountered an angel, they then saw the overwhelming visible appearance of God's glory And then an army of rejoicing angels appeared. The shepherds heard incredibly good news, and then they responded by verifying it, and then they were filled with joy. Hear, respond, rejoice. This can and should be our response this Christmas, over 2,000 years later, as we are preparing our hearts to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Like the shepherds, let's hear, respond, and rejoice. And it begins with truly hearing the good news of Christmas. That's not bingo, but we would never do that to our dog. Now, you might be sitting here this morning, and you might be feeling a bit jaded about Christmas. You might be feeling a little bored, or maybe you're stressed out, maybe you're exhausted. Or maybe you're feeling isolated or disconnected. There's something that's disappointing you in life. You're, you can be frustrated. You can be feeling lonely this holiday season. And if so, I want to encourage you to listen afresh to the good news because the good news that was true that night is still true today. In verse 10, the angel proclaims, I bring you good news. And now that is actually just one single word in the original Greek. Euangelizomai. I bring you good news. It was a word typically used to describe official announcements of either royal births or great military victories. And that night, the shepherds received the greatest royal birth announcement in history. And to be clear, the specific good news that they heard that night is found in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That is the good news. 
The good news is that a baby was born in Bethlehem, David's hometown. A baby identified by three distinct titles, Savior, Christ, and Lord. The good news, all of it, is wrapped into those three titles. We have a Savior. Christ has come. The Lord is with us. That's good news. And so I want to spend our few minutes reflecting on each of these to better understand why the angelic army of heaven was so excited about what took place that they were praising and glorifying God and why it was after the shepherds had gone and and checked things out that they went away filled with joy praising and glorifying God. Exactly the same verbs used to describe what the angels had been doing shortly before. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Now the people of God had been waiting for centuries for a Savior to come. They knew they needed a Savior. And the truth is we all need a Savior. Because we were each created by God to walk with Him, to have a relationship with Him, to spend our time enjoying His presence, and yet on our own, we can't. And it frustrates us at every level of our being. It's a frustration that manifests in a a number of different ways as we see the various evils and ills in the world. You see, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has put eternity into man's heart. God made us to have an instinctual understanding and a a hunger for Him and for, for eternity, for what is true and real and ultimate. He made us in His image to know and delight in Him. This is why even the most ardent atheists spend an awful lot of time thinking about and talking about someone they claim to not believe in because they were made with this yearning and they are trying to fill this void. When God first formed Adam and Eve, they walked freely alongside him. They talked freely with him. But when they fell into sin, their sin shattered that that free and easy and natural relationship with God. Because he is pure, holy, righteous, good, and perfect, he cannot permit sin to be in his presence and vice versa. So as a result of their sin, God banished Adam and Eve from the garden. They could no longer bear his overwhelmingly pure and holy presence, and he could not bear the presence of their sin. As descendants of Adam and Eve, we have each committed sin ourselves. We have each separated ourselves from God. We've each chosen at different times to do things like promoting ourselves, pleasing ourselves, and and raising ourselves up at the expense of others. And no matter how hard we have tried to be good people, to be wonderfully moral people, we ultimately fail. We continue to fail from time to time. And so the reality is, the tragic reality is we cannot undo the damage to our relationship with God that has been caused by our sin. Because we can never hope to be good enough to be holy enough, to be righteous enough, to be pure enough, to get back on our own merits into relationship with God. And every time we think, okay, I've got it nailed. I have piled up enough good deeds this time to really get right with God, and I'm on a good track, we mess things up. 
don't we? We fall short once again of God's expectations because he is pure and holy and perfect and we are not. Trying to save ourselves is exhausting, it's frustrating, it's discouraging, it's painful, and ultimately we sometimes have to just get to the the extreme bitter end of the efforts to try and get things right ourselves and save ourselves before we can finally admit we need a Savior. Every single person on earth needs a Savior because none of us can save ourselves. And God promised that Savior would come way back in Genesis 3.15, immediately after the fall. He promised, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God would go on to clarify and remind people of this promised Savior throughout the Old Testament. This is what people in Israel had been anticipating for centuries, really thousands of years. And that first Christmas night brought the incredible good news that the Savior was here. God's saving work was moving forward. That night was an enormous milestone in salvation history, the point at which the eternal Son of God took on a human body and a, and a human nature to be born as a baby in Bethlehem, to live the sin-free life we can't, to become the innocent and infinite once-for-all sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins that we need to satisfy the justice of a righteous and holy God. We need a Savior, and that Savior was born. Christ was born so that He could die and rise again from the dead to be the Savior for all who put their faith in Him, who believe that He is indeed the resurrection and the life. Through faith in Christ, all who believe in Him are forgiven and set free from our sins, and our guilt is removed forever. Our shame is washed away completely. And we enjoy everlasting life with God because on that day in the city of David, a Savior was born. And that Savior is also Christ. The second part of the good news. The second part of what the angel announced, because we need to remember Christ is not a last name. It's a title. It is a Greek word meaning anointed. In the Hebrew, the word is Messiah. The baby born in Bethlehem was a savior, but he was also the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the Christ, which refers to the true king of Israel. A king was born, but not just any king, the just and rightful and eternal king of Israel and of the world, the one who had been promised for centuries. Back in Ezekiel 34, 22, and 23, God promised an eternal king would, would come forth from the line of the great King David. I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between sheep and sheep, and I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. See, God loves his flock. God loves us. God loves you. And he promised to rescue all of us from corrupt, abusive, evil leadership by placing over us a new and perfect and godly king, the anointed one, Messiah, Christ. That night, Christ the king was born, and it's good news for all the people. While earthly kingdoms and powers still reign, we have an alternative to earthly leadership, thank heavens. We are each invited to submit our lives to the good and perfect rule of the righteous and eternal King Jesus. 
who was born that first Christmas in Bethlehem. Jesus is that king who feeds and shepherds us when we submit our lives to him. He was born, he died, and he lived again to be our eternal prince. After his resurrection, Jesus declared that all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him. So I want to make sure we have all truly heard this good news. Christ was born. King Jesus rules and invites you to submit your whole life to him. All your decisions, all your family, your friendships, your career, your education, your hobbies, your your pleasures and your pains. He promises that when you do, you will find blessing and rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That is good news. Christ was born. The king was born that night, but the king is also the Lord God himself. That's the third part of the good news the angel announced back in verse 11. For for nearly 900 years, the people of Israel had visibly experienced God's presence with them. In fire and in cloud, God's presence had been with them on the mountaintop and in the wilderness and in the tabernacle and in the temple. And that all ended when Jerusalem fell and God left Israel to live with the consequences of of centuries of willful disobedience, rebellion, and idolatry. But the good news that Christmas night was that God had returned. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Once again, God was present to care for and nurture his people. God had promised this as well back in Ezekiel 34, 15, and 16. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. And if you feel like any of those today, that was God's promise to you as well. The fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. The good news was that the time, that moment that had been so long desired had arrived. God had returned, but he did so as a baby lying in an animal's manger. That's the good news that the shepherds heard. But simply hearing isn't enough to bring lasting transformational joy. They had to respond to the news that they'd heard for it to have impact. And we need to respond as well. We need to make this good news ours as well. The angel invited the shepherds to go check it out in verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. The angel was challenging them, encouraging them, basically instructing them to go to Bethlehem to find a newborn who would be wrapped in the usual swaddling cloths used on newborns. Nothing special or unique there. But the odd part is that he would be lying in a food trough. And so verse 16 reports that the shepherds went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. 
The shepherds heard the good news and they responded. And let me just assure you, that same good news is true today. This Christmas, this Advent, this very morning, we have a Savior that we desperately need. Christ the King has come and He is better than any president or prime minister who rules today. And the Lord God is with us amidst the chaos and the loneliness and the fear and the suffering of this modern world in which we live. So how do you need to respond this Christmas? Do you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Maybe you've heard this story a million times, but never truly made it your own. Maybe you've come to church every Sunday for years, but you've never really accepted that you truly need a Savior. Or maybe it's the first time you've ever heard this good news. Regardless of your past, what's your present? Right? Is Jesus your Savior, or do you need to admit to yourself first and then to God that you're a sinner who cannot save yourself by strict morality, self-discipline, and good behavior? You need to embrace the truth that Jesus Christ was born on Christmas, died on the cross of Easter to save you from your sins, to purchase your forgiveness on a very different kind of Black Friday. You need to confess your sins to God and ask His forgiveness in the name of Jesus Christ. If so, I would encourage you, do it right now. Don't wait till later. Do it right now. Don't bother to listen to the rest of this sermon. Just pray to God confessing and accepting His mercy and forgiveness to that Savior born on Christmas? Or do you need to embrace Jesus as the King of your life? Right? Maybe He's been your Savior for a long time, but you haven't really processed and submitted to Him as the King of your life. This is very common amongst Christians in America today. Many have accepted Jesus. Is the Savior, they're willing to come to church on Sunday morning, but they, they haven't really given Jesus lordship over every aspect of our lives. All right, have you accepted Jesus as the king over your work and your school? Your choice of profession and your employer, have you placed him over your passions and your pursuits? Over your hobbies and your habits, your friends and your family? Have you given him control of your finances so that you are willing to freely and sacrificially and generously give to those things that glorify him and advance his kingdom from this local church to the missionaries and relief workers laboring for God's kingdom at the far ends of the earth? If you're a parent, have you placed your children under his rule, declaring that their spiritual warfare is more important than their possible careers in sports, music, martial arts, or academics. What parts of your life do you still need to surrender control of to King Jesus this Christmas? As God brings these to mind, as He lays them on your heart, whether it is now or later this week as you reflect on this topic, I want you to stop whatever you're doing then and pray immediately and just turn those things over to King Jesus. He was born to be Christ over every part of your life, not just the parts you're comfortable giving Him. 
Or do you need to draw nearer to the Lord this Advent? Jesus promised that as we follow him, he is with us all of the days. He's with us, but are we with him? Or do we need to be digging deeper into those spiritual habits that bring us closer to him? That help us to better share his heart and his mind and his passion? Do you need to start or or restart reading God's word every day? If so, there are printed reading plans on the table in the back. And they're also available online. I find them tremendously helpful. Or do you need to increase and enrich your prayer life? Most of us probably do. And if so, I'd encourage everyone to stay after the service, to stay for Feasting on the Word. Invest an hour and a half of your day today as Pastor Neil introduces us to helpful patterns for prayer that will deepen our prayer lives. Or do you need to spend time each day meditating on God's Word and really reflecting on it throughout the day so it soaks into you and begins to to transform the way you process the very events of your day? If so, go to YouTube and search for Feasting on the Word Lake Ridge and you'll find a helpful video to get started. Or do you simply need to slow down and worship God this Advent? Right? Are you so caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season and all the events and all the parties and all the shopping and all the wrapping that you haven't really had time to worship God? If so, I would encourage you, just set aside 10 or 15 minutes each day to quietly read and pray and listen to a song of worship, sing along, and then invest your Sunday mornings and Christmas Eve night in truly worshiping the babe in the manger. Worship Him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Because it's not enough to hear good news. We have to respond, just as the shepherds responded. I, I can't respond for you, and neither can your family members. They can't respond on your behalf, neither can your friends. You must each choose to respond to this good news that the shepherds heard that night. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And finally, rejoice. Rejoice this Christmas. After they heard the good news and responded to find Jesus, the shepherds returned to work rejoicing. Their work hadn't changed. It still smelled like sheep. (laughs) But they were changed. They were overflowing with joy. They were doing the very things the angels had been doing short hours before. Verse 20 says, And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The good news that was announced that night is still true today, and it is truly good news for all the people. The good news of Christmas is good news for every race and nationality, every political persuasion, level of income or education. It's good news for every employment status, marital status, immigration status, and health status. Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Christ. Jesus is Lord. Rejoice in this. Celebrate this. Think about it often. And and as you're you're feeling stressed and frustrated or, or you're feeling burnt out from all the shopping and wrapping and partying, think about this. Remember this when you're feeling lonely or isolated, depressed or discouraged this holiday season. That Jesus saves us. 
He leads us. He is present with us in every situation, every hardship, every triumph, and every defeat. He's with us through every diagnosis and indignity. This is the good news for every single person who's willing to accept this good news and respond to it in belief. Jesus freely and indiscriminately offers this good news to everyone. We need to be doing the same thing this Advent. We need to be offering hope and encouragement through the good news of Christmas. We need to be sharing the reason for our hope this Christmas, sharing the reason for our joy. And so I tell you, invite friends and neighbors and colleagues and strangers to hear and respond and rejoice to this great good news. Once again, on your way out, we'll be giving you these small invitation cards, a small, tangible invitation to give away to someone, to invite them to come and hear and respond to the good news this Christmas Eve as we celebrate. So take an invitation, give it away, come back and get another one next Sunday because we have plenty. Hear, respond, and rejoice. God is inviting you to experience the joy of Christmas anew just as he invited those shepherds so long ago. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we celebrate this great good news, this this royal birth announcement that you proclaimed from the heavens to those shepherds so long ago. For unto us is born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Lord God, help us to hear this good news. Help it to penetrate the, the, the thick barriers we put up around our hearts and our minds to deal with, to cope with the frustrations and the agonies of the day. Help that good news, Lord, break through those barriers. And to work into our hearts, Lord, help us to respond. Lord, hear us now, Lord, as we respond to you. If there is any here who needs to embrace Jesus as their Savior, I pray, Lord, I pray that they would do this. For we each need a Savior. We each need help coming to you because you are perfect and we are not. And the good news of Christmas was that the Savior had come. So, Lord, if there's any here who needs to embrace that, I pray that they would make that leap, that they would just embrace Jesus in their hearts as their Savior, confessing their sin. And I pray that you would, for the rest of us, open our eyes and break our hearts for those around us who need that Savior. Break our hearts for them. Father God, help us to embrace Jesus as the Christ, the King, the Lord he came to be. Father, here now as we submit to you, lay before you those things that we have held on to with with tight fingers, whitened knuckles, that we have not wanted to turn over to you because we were afraid. Lord, hear us as we confess to you those things we want Christ to reign over.
Help us, Lord, to live in the freedom and the joy of submitting to Christ, of yoking ourselves to Him, to find that rest that we so desperately want in our our crazy Northern Virginia lives that can only be found through a willingness to submit every piece to you. Father God, in this Advent season, there are so many things that ironically try to pull us away from you and from worship of you. So, Lord, help us to draw near to you and to truly worship in the coming days, to worship in the quiet of our homes, to worship in our cars, to worship with others here in church. Lord, help us to draw closer to you these days to just savor and be filled with joy at this wondrous season in which we live right now. Father God, transform and fill our hearts with an overflowing joy that is abundantly clear to all around us, Lord. Help us to be faithful and inviting and sharing this, this joy with those around us who need, who need that touch, who need to be introduced to the Savior, who need to submit to the King, who need to draw near to the Lord. I lift these things up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.